This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Mike Lynch. What's going on? This is Rashad. This is the Sports Sunday Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. It is now brought to you on the fan by your local Les Schwab Tire Centers. Doing the right thing since 1952. Weekend sports with a difference. So I thought it'd be fun if we all went around and said our name and a little something about ourselves. I'll start. A look at the weekend in sports with the inside story on the Blazers, the Ducks, and the Beavers. This is Sports Sunday with Mike Lynch. At least I have my own bed. Your bed is a car. Yeah, but it's a sweet car. And Rashad Taylor. Will you stop your damn sniveling, son? Buck up, Bart. On ESPN Sports Radio 1080, The Fan. Well, hey, happy Sunday morning, everybody. Mike and Rashad and Jesse with you till 11 o'clock this morning. And so I just figured it out, bro. That's your that's your official sign-on. What is? Well, hey, just like that's Rob Wops, what it do? Like that's uh, you do that to start every show. Is that what I do? Yeah, yes, you do. And so I'm like, that's that's Mike Lynch's official. Hello. I didn't even know that's what I said. Yeah. So I I, do, I did know that I said happy Sunday morning, right? You you usually give a you know say say that and then a nice greeting, you know. Yeah. If it's a holiday, you'll say something like that. All right. So well, there hey. you go. That there makes me sound like really generic, positive white guy, though. Well, hey, well, well, well hey, hey, it works. It works, man. <laughs> I like it. Hey. Yeah. Everybody's got their thing. I just and- messed with the inflection a little bit. That That is interesting that you bring that up because it was just a couple weeks ago. I was thinking about it, and I was like, everyone's got their, like, sign-on, right? Not everybody, but a lot of people here have their sign-on. And, you know, like, Sprague's is like, it's 1202 in the Rose City. And Rob's is what it do, and uh, so on and so forth. I, I Honestly, I'm, I'm never up at 6 in the morning, so I don't know if Dust has one, but I'm sure he has one. But I was thinking, I was like, do I have one? I don't, you ab- you I don't absolutely know, have one. I don't know if I do, but I guess it just feels natural to me. I don't there know. There you go. Sometimes that's that's the best kind. You know, is it's, that, not, is it, it's not forced. Is it kind of lame, though? I feel like I could do so much better because you've got like... I like it. Why not? It's 12.02 and no. what it do? Well, I think it's a nice way to wake people up. Ahoy! Yeah. Well, no, no, don't do that one. I don't like that <laughs> one. But yeah, I think that's... I well, think, that's the souk. Well, hey, is that, oh, that is souk. Yeah. Rob goes what it, what it do. Souk says, says ahoy, ahoy and I press the hello drop. The Mike Riley hello, because I'm saying hello, but through the drop board, because that's my thing. Well, there you go, man. Well, you got your thing now. You're you're right along with the greats, man. <laughs> you realize you're gonna. Pr- it's gonna. I'm gonna have all this pressure now because I didn't know it was a thing. No, just don't even think about it. Just you know, just keep <laughs> doing what you do. It works. All right. Well, we do have a lot of good stuff on the show today because it's in the middle of March Madness at the moment. Oregon plays tonight right here on the fan as they advance to the round of 32 with an upset win, and they get 13 seed UC Irvine. So a Sweet 16 could be on the horizon for the Duckies, even though we all thought they shouldn't have made the tournament in the first place. Who would have thought? Like, if you'd have said this three weeks ago, people would have just looked at you and scoffed. Like, there wouldn't have been much of a conversation. But, you know, one game away. Well, we're going to start with that. 
and we'll get to that probably in a couple minutes here and we'll we'll see how how far that takes us but i do have an interesting topic as well that i'm that i'm curious about with everybody out there so feel free to text the better you today text line at 55305 or let us know on social media i'm at mike lynch 27 rashad's at taylor made 503 justice at jesse osmond asdma and all those are twitter accounts I'm, I've noticed a trend of people stopping fantasy and brackets and saying they enjoy the sport more without fantasy and brackets. And I'm very curious about that because to me, it, it just, it's such an enhancer. I think it, it adds so much more because I already love the sports that I'm watching and doing fantasy with or doing a bracket with. I would probably say my top three favorite sports are MLB, NFL, and college basketball. Wow. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. I wouldn't have guessed college basketball. Well, I mean, I went to Syracuse. It's a huge college basketball school. I And March Madness is one of my favorite things every year, all year. It's it's amazing. Uh, it's very close. Like, I love college football. I love the NBA. I mean, they're all – I'm not – like, at the bottom of the list isn't doesn't mean I hate the sport. It's just those are my three favorites. And those are the three that I do fantasy in. Technically, right? A bracket, even though it's only at the end of the year, is quote-unquote fantasy, right? And I do fantasy football and fantasy baseball. That's what I do. And to me, it enhances it. But yeah, I've, I've heard from now many people, and I've seen on our text line throughout the week, that people are just cutting it left and right, and they're saying it's great. It's freeing. And I'm like, I don't understand, but I want to talk about that too. So I, and you brought it up, and I was telling you, I'm one of those people. Like, I haven't done a bracket now for three years just because I number one I don't care that much you know anymore and then number two I don't care that much anymore I guess you know so I, I there there hasn't been a team or um I guess a player in a long time that's kind of captivated me enough to want to watch or a few teams you know there used to be a time where there were multiple teams and you know that you could watch and you could name players from but now because we're in this one and done climate like it's kind of like why get invested in anybody in college, I've been watching the hell out of Zion and and uh, Cam Reddish and uh, what's the uh, R.J. Barrett. Uh, R.J. Barrett like those that they they're must see TV. So been watching a lot of them. But I'll, are you ready for Zion and Taco fall today? That's gonna be fun because I want to see Taco get dunked on. He says it's not gonna happen. I don't. I is think, it possible to dunk on a seven foot six guy? If he can't, if he can't jump, absolutely. I, didn't, I mean, honestly, I didn't watch the first game of the tournament with them. I just saw the picture of him and it, Tracy Wolfson standing next to each other. It, which was oh, yeah. hilarious. Yeah, it, it looked like she looked like an infant. Almost. Yeah, she was at his hip. Yeah, well, that's my, my son's taller. But that's she's five. Only... She's not that. She's five two. She's not like sub five feet or anything. Well, five two still pretty short. I know, like but... even next to you, it's like man, that person's. A, 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 is that a midget next to Mike Lynch? I know, but but five two is still a somewhat regular height you see in 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 females. I was thinking with that picture, I was like, is she like four foot seven? Like, what am I missing here? Oh no, he's just absolutely massive. No, yeah. So if you can't jump, you can be that tall and get smashed on. So especially as high as Zion jumps, then I absolutely think he can do it. Will he do it? I don't, I don't think so. But if he gets an open lane and it's just him, I'm I'm team I'm team Zion all day. Uh, you want to talk about the Robert Kraft stuff that's been going on and what the potential effect or lack of effect it could have on the Patriots? Because no one seems to be talking about that. So we'll get to that on the show today. Maybe a little Blazers. They've, they're winning. They keep winning. Last night they were losing by, what was it, like seven or eight late in the game, and they went on a 14-2 run to beat the Pistons. So without CJ McCollum, things are looking okay so far. We're seeing a brand-new Damian Lillard, and frankly, I kind of like it. Oh, yeah. Looks way more aggressive. He, I mean, which if you can imagine that, because Dame never had a problem 
getting the ball up. But now, now it seems like he's developed into more of a leader. If yeah. you can, if you can imagine that. So we'll probably get to that as well. We got hate it or love it coming up at ten thirty, and uh, plenty more other good stuff if we can slip it in, in the in the two hours that we have. We got a text that just rolled it on the better eat today text line five three zero five. You don't actually like college basketball more than college football. You're just more invested in Syracuse and the Orange are more relevant in college basketball. Bingo. No, I mean. Yes, that's I, it. No, it's not it. Trust me. Uh, although I, I understand why you would think that. And he, he goes on to say, he or she goes on to say, college basketball as a whole is a terrible product. College football is far superior. Although, yes, I would generally agree with that. I like college basketball better. I just do. I watch it more often. I, I care more about it. And part of it might be because my team is usually more relevant in it. But last year, my team was relevant in college football. It just, I mean, well, it's, it's just how I grew up. I didn't grow up liking college sports all that much because where I grew up, it wasn't a big deal. No one in the, in the New York City area gives a rip about college sports because there's no colleges right there that play, right? The closest one is Penn State or Boston College or Maryland, right? Or I guess Rutgers, but who cares about Rutgers? So it's it just wasn't something that anybody paid attention to. So I only started paying attention to it when I went to college, and that's when I got invested in it. And because our football team was so bad when I went to school, all I did was watch college basketball. Now I watch both, but I just care more. It is partially because of Syracuse, but not because of specifically because of that. It's absolutely because of Syracuse. Like if you would have went to let's say St. John's, you know, which is also an awesome school, you know, in that area. And and their basketball team was subpar because, you know. But they don't have Chris, a football team. Well, no, they, they they don't have a football team. But, I mean, you wouldn't be as interested in college basketball if your team was St. John's because St. John's probably isn't going to the tournament every year anymore. Well, they went this year and they lost in the first four. But well, there they went you go. <laughs> there you go. So, I don't know. I think it, I think it definitely helps. Like, if you're from – if you're from Oregon, you know, if you're from this this area, uh, you pay a lot of attention to college football, you know, just because that's where the Ducks, you know, and the Beavers have been successful is mm. in college football. So well, and people out you know a like, lot about it and everything. So you, people you, you like college football more. Yeah. yeah. So you typically flock to, you know, whatever you're closest to. And so I don't blame you for – that's that's a that's This a, person says you're lying, Mike. I'm not lying. I, think, I mean, hey, man. I'm not lying. <laughs> Why? Yeah. I, what, what do I have to gain Looks by like lying a duck, about Walks this. like a duck. I'm just saying, man. God. I'm just saying. What, what do I have to gain by lying about this? I'm just saying I like college basketball a lot. I'm just going to stand your ground, Lynch. Yes. I love it. Yes, absolutely. It. All right, let's break. Coming up next, Oregon in the round of 32 against UC Irvine. Could a Sweet 16 be on the horizon for the Ducks, and why has it changed so quickly for them? That's next here on Sports Sunday and the Fan. Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Round of 32 for 12 seed Oregon against 13 seed UC Irvine right here on The Fan a little bit later tonight. Oregon was a very popular upset pick over five seed Wisconsin in the first round. And frankly, they embarrassed the Badgers. You think? It was, it was a sight to behold watching that game. It was... What was the, uh, where did it go? 72-54 Oregon. And it was, it was tied at halftime. It was 25-25. It was low scoring. It felt like a Big Ten conference game, even though it wasn't. And then the second half, Oregon just went, you know what? You know what? We're going to keep playing the same quality defense, but we're going to hit some shots too. And 
Peyton Pritchard has turned it on at the end of the season. He has been playing great. He was so inconsistent this year, but the Westland product, 19 points, 8 of 18 shooting, had five rebounds, eight assists in the game. But to me, the story of the game was Kenny Wooten. Kenny Wooten blocked everything. He alley-ooped everything, and his stat line doesn't show that. He had four blocks and nine points. It felt like he had nine blocks and 20 points. He had the, <clears throat> excuse me, he had, he had the right blocks, the right moments to kind of help shift momentum yes. uh, back to Oregon. And that's why they were so important. And that's why it seems like, the, yeah, the stat line wasn't, doesn't tell the whole story because he was really the reason, in my opinion, that kind of got the engine going for the Ducks in the second half. Like 47 points the Ducks were able to put up in the second half. You like, don't see that in college basketball you, very you, often. You really don't, which is uh, one of the reasons why people kind of tend to stop watching like that just because you don't see these higher scores in, anymore. But, man, you got to take your hats off to, to what they were able to do. You know, they were able to keep playing great defense and never really break from what they were doing. But then, like you said, yeah, let's see if we can knock down a few shots and Peyton Pritchard start going crazy. And then uh, King had a, had a pretty good second half. So you looked at this team and was like, man, why can't they beat anybody? Like, Wisconsin's not a bad team. No. At all. we I think we all thought Wisconsin was kind of fading at the wrong time, and they had a lot of free-throw shooting issues. And their best player, Ethan Happ, isn't good, good at the free-throw line, and he actually didn't play terribly. It just wasn't very efficient. It's just we all kind of looked at it and went, the Ducks are hot. They, they had won eight in a row at that point. They won four games in four days in the Pac-12 tournament. They steamrolled Washington again in the Pac-12 title game. And you're going something, even though the Pac-12 was hot garbage this year, and even though, I mean, granted, they did get three teams into the tournament, but even though it looked like a one-bid league for a very long time, sometimes when you're hot at the right time, that's all that matters. That's all that matters, especially when you're talking one-and-done playoff sports, you know, college football, anything. We've seen the four seed and the, um, the, the playoff win the national championship, you know, like so – You've seen Ohio State go ahead and be the four seed and then go ahead and win it all. So why can't the Ducks come in there as an 11 seed or 12 seed and make some noise and at least make it to the lead eight? All, if they're, they're, they're playing, what's this, 10 in a row now? Nine in a row. Nine in a row. Nine in a row at this point. Who's playing better basketball than them collectively that's not named Duke or one of the top four seeds? Uh, there's not a ton. There, there are teams in there, and I think UC Irvine is one of them that are on massive winning streaks as well because they play in a weaker conference. And the team they're playing today, I'm pretty sure, hasn't lost since, I think, uh, I don't remember the exact date. I think it was in January sometime. They've just been winning and winning and winning and winning. But, yeah, I think a lot of it does just have to do with a team being hot and also getting a, a, a kind of a lucky path, too. A lot of it is also down to the seeding. Like I said, a lot of people thought Wisconsin might not have been the best matchup for, for anybody in terms of picking the, the Badgers to win. Oregon wins that game, and then their next game is either against UC Irvine as a 13 seed or four seed Kansas State, who lost their best player. Dean Wade was out indefinitely, and that caused them to lose to a 13 seed. So even if they had won that game, you're looking at it and going, well, K-State's without their best player. Without their best player, they're just an average team. Oregon could win that game. And then if they get to the Sweet 16, they're going to have to play a one seed. They're probably not going to win that game, or most likely a one seed. But uh just getting to the Sweet 16 at this point is a massive overachievement from the midway point of the season. And that's where I think it's interesting, too, is how do you view this Ducks season when you start off ranked really, really high? You got Bull Bull, you got Luke King coming in, you got Richardson as well, all freshmen, all really, really highly touted. Bull Bull gets hurt, what was it, nine, ten games into the season, and then you fade 
and you play really poorly in the Pac-12 and you lose games you're not supposed to. So, but then you shoot back up into potentially getting to a Sweet 16. How are we supposed to feel about this? Are they overachieving? Are they right where they're supposed to be? Was it a, uh, is it proving how good Dana Altman is as a coach that there's a late push when it looked like all was lost? I, I it's kind of an interesting question. It's it's all the above. I mean, you should feel proud that your team has an opportunity to go to the Sweet 16 in spite of everything that's kind of happened this season. You know, you the Ducks were at a point to where it looked like all is going to be great. You've got this star. He's averaging a double-double for the most part, and then he gets hurt, and everything falls apart because he was your, your, your mainstay. He was the reason that you guys had been doing so well. And then all of a sudden, man, you found your heart, and everybody learned how to hoop together. And sometimes when you're trying to re-gel and re-figure out what you're doing, man, it takes – a little bit. And so they went from knowing exactly what their identity was, which was make sure a bowl was involved and everything would work around them to he's not there now. Somebody has to make plays. And that was a problem for them at first. And now they've finally gotten to a point through these past nine games where it's like, OK, we get it now. I know where you're going to be. You know where I'm going to be. There isn't that. No, you get a bucket. No, you get a bucket. No, back to you. Like, no, everybody knows what their role is at this point. And now they're just playing good basketball. But where, where, so how do you view it then, though? Are you saying it's, is it a successful season? It, it has, it has to be because at this point you're in the tournament and nobody thought you were supposed to be there, especially after losing your star. But you show that you have enough moxing on your team without him to still get there. That's a, that's a big deal. This is the Celtics getting all the way to the conference finals last year without Kyrie Irving, without Gordon Haywood. And everybody said it was a wrap as soon as those guys went down. But yet, and still, they were still able to show what they were able to do, you know, so. I kind of look at it like that. So, yeah, it's still a successful season. You know, is it – and then you start thinking about, well, where would we be if Bull was there? Where would you be if you're the Ducks, if he actually played? Like, if we're sitting here playing for the Sweet 16 as a 12 seed, like, maybe we're talking three, four seed, two seed, one seed, like, at, at any point. So, you, you really get to thinking, like, what could you be next year? Now, mind you, Bull is – we gone. know he's going to go, you know, then – but. You know, I think you've been able to recruit well enough to where you're going to be able to get another, hopefully, another top ten well, guy. Lou King is going to likely stay, even though people thought he would be a one and done. I think, from what I've heard, he's probably going to stay one more year, which would be huge because he's actually really come into his own at the end of the year. And really, he's this, figured it out right, right at the right time. And this is a deep draft, you know, this year. And if 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 he does well here uh, through the rest of the tournament and gets into the Sweet 16 and at least plays well there then I expect him to probably go this year, you know, just because your draft stock is incredibly high after you perform well in the tournament. But, I mean, if he comes back and then you get another top, you know, or a five-star, you know, four-and-a-half-star guy, along with Peyton Pritchard's leadership as a senior at that point, man, you're looking at a pretty damn good team. The The turning point in the season for the Ducks was their three straight losses in February to the Beavs by 15, to USC by... 17 and to UCLA by seven after that they went all right we're done losing and that's where they, they pulled off all their wins in a row in the Pac-12 and then their first one here against Wisconsin and I was right UC Irvine's last loss was January 16th but UC Irvine and to you know with no disrespect to them as a 13 seed the, the competition they've played has been nowhere near the competition that the Ducks have played. You know what I mean? Mid-majors are, are are awesome, but you you may be lucky to find one, maybe two stars in any, mid, in any mid-major right now as far as NBA talent or anything like that. So the Ducks definitely have an opportunity to well, win. Well, I don't know but, how good their conference is either. I don't, 
know if the Big West is any good or not, but I'm going to doubt it. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and doubt as well. But Kansas State is a good team, and mind you, albeit without their their best player at that point, they were still able to go in there and get a, a win against a good Kansas State team. Like, let's see what the Ducks are able to do. So for me, the way I look at it is I I'm erasing the bowl bowl aspect of the season in my mind because it was almost as if you had three seasons this year. You had the bowl bowl season. You had the OS Bull Bulls out for the year season, and you had the okay, we figured it out without him season. And to me, I'm looking at it that last part that we figured it out without him season as how I'm going to view this team. And because of what happened prior to that, this is a massive success for Oregon, who's coming out of a weak conference and really looked lost everywhere. And they've stepped up their defense. Now, Dana Altman's always coached good defensive teams, but this year their defense did not look good in the middle of the year, but but he's figured out a way to get it through their heads, how to play defense. Kenny Wooten's a huge energy guy, and I'm, I am just really, really intrigued by how far they can go in this tournament. I don't know if it's much more than this round. I believe if they win this game, they'll be staring Virginia square in the face of Virginia can beat Oklahoma. Maybe that's a good one seed to play. Remember, they lost last year to UMBC for the uh, 16 seed for the first time ever, a one seed lost to a 16 this year, they were losing big to the 16th seed. They played Gardner-Webb in the first round. Uh, down six at halftime, down by 12 at points in the first half. They wound up winning. So maybe they're right for the taking, but I also think Virginia is still one of, if not the best team in the country, so I'm not sure you win that game. But maybe maybe it's a decent draw. I don't know. It is, but I'm, I'm not going to look too far forward. You know, I, I think the tournament is one of those things. The good thing about it is, Anything can happen. You just mentioned the first 16 ever last year beating a number one. You know, so anything can happen. A, a, 12, a 13 can definitely beat a 12. And, you know, while the Ducks have played well for these past nine games, let's remember there was a whole – those other two seasons you talked about where they kind of struggled, you know, in between there, at least one of those seasons. So let's see if they can get past UC Irvine, who feels like they should probably even be seated a little higher, just considered – Considering they're not, I mean, their 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 record overall says that maybe a little bit higher, so they might feel slighted at this point. And then coming into this game, all anybody's talking about is Oregon. Yep, that's nobody's talking about you. That's that's dangerous because now all the all the pressure lies on Dana Altman and the Ducks. What are you going to do now? You have to win. Everybody's expecting you to win at this point. It's not one of those. Oh well, you know, we'll see. And the Ducks are tough. No, now you have to go in there and absolutely win. Yeah, I think this is a. This is a different kind of game because everyone's, I agree, everyone says Oregon's winning this game, right? UC Irvine's not winning again. Oregon's got all their players outside the bowl, of course, and they figured out how to play with them. So that's going to be later tonight on The Fan. Uh, the tip time is not exactly set in stone, but a 6.40 p.m. tip is about what we're guessing for that game. So right around there is where you can hear it in, in 30 minutes prior. So probably around 6 o'clock is when the broadcast will start tonight coming up next have you also noticed a trend of people quitting brackets and quitting fantasy and saying they enjoy it more is there a reason for that and should we all follow suit that's next but first jesse sports weekend sports with a difference this is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. I've been seeing this a lot lately, and I'm curious how you all out there feel about this and Rashad and Jesse as well. Uh, text in the Better You Today text line 55305. I've seen a lot of people 
say that they are quitting fantasy sports slash quitting filling out a bracket because to them it ruins the experience more than enhances the experience. Now, when I hear that on its face, I kind of scoff at it because to me, the way I view it at least is those really, really enhance my viewing experience of the sports that I love. Uh, And as I said in the beginning of the show, the three sports I do these things in, baseball, football, college basketball are, are my three favorite sports. So to me, it's it's just adding another level of fun or enjoyment or whatever to a sport that I love to watch anyway. And this could also be stretched even further into just gambling on those sports, right? Because it's fantasy baseball and brackets is basically like the the simple way of gambling right mm-hmm. you have some of you have money in your leagues so there is money involved and there there's that aspect of it and it makes you care more about certain games and certain teams than you normally would because you have players in your team and there's money involved of course so to me that could, it could kind of extend to that as well but i don't know to me it just adds value to it I, I don't see why it would take away but yet everyone's saying i left fantasy behind and i've never been happier or i stopped doing brackets and i've never been happier watching the tournament and i go I don't I just don't understand. I can kind of understand some of that just because when when you watch fantasy football or when you do fantasy football um you become so invested in guys that you would probably not be watching otherwise teams that you wouldn't be watching otherwise sometimes even rooting against your own team and your own guys like if you let's say you're a Chiefs fan. That is fan. a weird aspect of it. That is, you know what I'm saying? Okay, you you guys are Broncos fans and the other guy has Emmanuel Sanders. And you're praying that Emmanuel Sanders doesn't get another 10 yards, but that 10 yards couldn't mean the game for you guys if you get it or a touchdown. Right. You're but you're just saying, like, but you're like, oh, don't get all. Oh. So it's like this I double. I want the Broncos to win, but not Emmanuel Sanders not, to do well. Not, yeah, I don't <laughs> want that to happen right now. No, don't throw it to him. And so you're almost kind of like sabotaging your, your team a little bit. So I can understand like that aspect and you know, being disappointed in guys that you don't really care about, you know, so and teams you don't really care about, man, hoping your rival team scores a touchdown so uh, uh, and possibly wins a game so you get these additional six points. Like, I can understand how a lot of people would have cut the cord. I'm not one of those people when it comes to fantasy football, though. I actually like it. I don't do fantasy basketball. I don't care. I tried that I once. That's a, that's a weird one. For uh, me. Fantasy baseball, it's, it's, it's like 50 years long. Well, you like, don't like baseball. Yeah, and it's like 50 years long, so I don't want to do that either. I don't have that type of, like, you know, my mind doesn't work like that. It's where I can change my lineup every couple days and all type of stuff. Like, I don't, oh, don't want to do that. Oh, God you spend five minutes and just move players. Or remember right that you have to do it or have to look at every schedule. I'm like, oh, damn, the Yankees play today, but the Orioles play tomorrow. No, thank you. I'm good. I don't want to do any of that stuff. So, uh, but I understand as far as the as far as college brackets, that part makes total sense to me because of all the sports, like, you might be – the only person that can say, man, college basketball is my favorite sport. You and maybe Luke. I don't know if anybody in swag, because, you know, swag. But, you know, I don't think anybody else. Like, Jesse, are you a college basketball guy? I don't know if Jesse's much no, of a basketball guy. Not general. really. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's just kind of it's kind of one of those things. So, I think for stopping brackets, I thought, I, th- I thought it was pretty easy just because I'm not really invested – in any of these teams, even Oregon and Oregon State, like, I, oh, okay, I, I want them to do well, but I can't really care that much about, you know, 
about college basketball just because, again, there's no reason to. Like, a lot of these guys are one and duns, and a lot of these guys you expect to come in for a year, maybe two years, give you something, and go. Like, I mean, I was kind of used to growing up, man, used to seeing great teams, you know, great teams all around, and that's not really the case anymore. So because it's not, it's like, uh, you like a team for a year or a player for a year, and then they're gone to the league. And so, and then they're just mediocre once they get to the league. And so then you find another player who's really good in college, and and they end up leaving. So it's for, as far as the brackets, it's like I don't know anything about uh, who are the Ducks playing today. Uh, I don't UC know anything Irvine. about UC Irvine, you know, to be able to pick them on a bracket well, right, or I, how see, well Wisconsin did in the Big Ten tournament. Like, I don't know. Like, But, see, that's the fun thing to me about it, right? It's impossible to follow all these teams, even if you're a fan of the sport. You don't get to watch all the conferences all the time. You don't get to see the mid-majors play ever, so you're just basing it off of what you read. But – to me, that's kind of the fun of it is – and I, the reason I say fun of it for this specifically for the brackets is because it is such a communal event where every single person it feels like – or that's that's way overstating it. A lot they, of people. No, no that's, that's, people, not, that's not overstating. I think that's fair. A lot of people, even if they don't like sports, get invested in this. My wife was telling me at her at her job, they have this a lobby with a couple TVs – they put all the games on, and all the people in the office, she works with mostly women who don't care about sports, were so into it because they had a bracket, right? And it, it becomes this whole communal event where you can go up to someone and be like, hey, how's your bracket doing, right? Or you can, you, you, it's a very easy thing to talk about right away with the person. Yeah. Even if you don't care about it, you make a bracket because you want to be a part of the whole communal event, right? So to me, that's why I... I it, it it's tough for me to understand why people don't do brackets if if you still want to watch it and enjoy it. You well, I, I, mean? I think because I think it's such a it's such a gamble because you especially if you don't know any of these teams at this point you're picking them because I used to like Michigan when I was a kid and I applied to Ohio State so you know I'm gonna go ahead and pick that team. Who cares it's like, why you're picking them? You know, and so and that's the thing. It's like I think a lot of people were just kind of like. Yeah, I'm over. I don't know anything about these teams. I don't know anything about these players. I don't really care. Like the best days for me are Thursday, Friday. Those are those are the, those are the best days of watching the tournament. You can watch it on your phone. Yeah, wall. you watch it on your phone. You get home and watch it on True TV or whatever the case is. Like that's the coolest thing about the tournament for me is the the all day coverage that it kind of has for a couple days. The fact that it's it's super super accessible. Like they put it on your phone for free. All you have to do is download the app, and every game is just you know there. Like although that's, you do you do have to have a cable login after the three hour free window. You really? Get, you get three hours to watch it, and then after that, you have to have a cable log. Is this the CBS thing? The March Madness Live? Oh, app? really? Yeah. Boo, they did that this year? They did that last year, too. Oh, well, see, that's uh, I've only watched maybe a couple hours on my phone while I was go. at work. Don't tell, don't tell anyone <laughs> that, that, that. That stays here, guys. That's our little secret. Do you use but... their stupid boss button that brings up a random spreadsheet? When no, the, the, boss, bo the boss was coming by. Is like, who's winning? You know? <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, just try. everybody's really excited for that first couple days. But you know, and all, and also that's when you might see the best players in the country play their last game. There's a very good chance you could see a a, a great player from a three from a, a three seated team that gets knocked off, and that's the last college game you see them play, or that's the last time you yeah. see them play until the, until they go pro or whatever. So, well, a lot of the time, sometimes the big four year players aren't going pro, right? They've been at their school for four years, which sucks. Which is the which is the most backwards thinking. I, I can I, I can, so wait, you won't take a 22 year old kid who's a senior, who's learned to play the game, gotten to a point to where he understands exactly how to play basketball. You won't draft him because 
he didn't have the he he wasn't as good to come out as a freshman. Like that's the but then you won't allow kids straight from high school. Like I'm so confused. Like that's dumb to me. That's a whole can of worms. Yeah, that's dumb to me. I, I have a very simple way to fix both the NBA and, and college basketball. Let's make it a, a two or three and done rule. Let them stay. Because they get better in college and the college product is better. Or just don't let them go. We still, like, when guys came straight from high school, you still got great college prospects. Like, Carmelo could have went straight to the league. Instead, man, I'm going to go to college for a year and do that thing. So you still were able to get some really, really good prospects that went from uh, high school to college to the league. Like, I'm just, I'm selfish though because. I understand the benefits, and frankly, I know I'm I'm speaking out of both sides of my mouth with this. Players, if they're that good out of high school, like Zion Williamson, if they're that good, then just go to the league, right? Yeah. If you're Kobe Bryant, if you're Kevin Garnett, if, if you're Melo, whoever, go to the league. But I don't want those players not to play college basketball because I love college basketball. I, so I'm selfish in that way where I say, be like college football, make it a three-and-done rule so you can actually build good teams you can actually get a, you can actually get attached to these teams because you're right it's hard when there's all these one and done players coming in and out in and out it's just a, a factory of guys going to the NBA but what percentage of those guys don't succeed in the NBA because they're not ready yeah. a large percentage yeah. of them especially the ones that are just 18 you know it yeah. might it might you know help them to stay for 2 years and maybe that's a rule that college puts in but i think if you do have that rule then, man, a lot of guys are just going to say, man, I'm going to go play in Europe for a year, and I'm going to go, fine. you know, do whatever for a year and, and be able to make some money. But I, I just think the the, the, I think the, the more sport options, itself. The more options you give is good. Yes. I just, want, I just want there to be a way that you can get the guys coming into the NBA to be ready faster because they're not ready a lot of the time, and then I want college basketball to be better for over the course of many years for all these teams. Yes, and I think you know when you look at teams like Villanova and Virginia that have been really good, they're they're littered with juniors and seniors, a whole bunch of dudes that North know Carolina how to play in North Carolina as well, a whole bunch of guys that really know how to play. Now, if you had more of those, and yeah, people would be more inclined to to watch the game, but you, you don't you don't get a bunch of those, so it's just kind of a double edged sword. But right now, college isn't as exciting, so I think a lot of people can just it's easy just to to tune out or not really. Or forget to just do a bracket. One year, I just forgot. It's like, oh, it is that time. And now it's too late to do one because the first games have already started. Like, oh, oh well. All right, let's take a break. Coming up next, a couple texts on the topic, plus uh, less on the bracket and more on the fantasy aspect of my question because that, to me, is way weirder than the bracket is that it, it makes it better for you to watch the sport without fantasy. So that's next here on Sports Sunday on The Fan. Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. All right, 948 here on your Sunday morning. Mike, Rashad, Jesse with you till 11 o'clock. You can catch our Lush Hub Tires podcast on 1080thefan.com, radio.com, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, all the places you can find them. If you missed any of the show, we talked a lot about Oregon and the tournament earlier on this hour, and then we've switched on to the bracket fantasy question we're in the middle of right now. Text in the Better You Today text line 55305. Got a couple that we're going to read out here. As gambling became more easy, I noticed I was less interested in fantasy because it could affect the outcome of my bet somehow, LOL. That's true. I do think a lot of people, especially as you get older and have more 
expendable income or disposable income and with how easy it's become using Bovada or Five Dimes or whatever sites you can use, you don't have to be in Vegas to bet mm. you or uh, on a reservation. You can just go online to an offshore betting account and just bet, and it's fine. Yeah, so, FanDuel, all those things have made it man super easy to like play fantasy and stuff like that, but still win some money. So yeah, it's well, that's true. I didn't even consider FanDuel. Mm-hmm. That's basically like betting and fantasy combined. Absolutely. Whereas I'm, I'm thinking more of just like you go put money on the the spread of a football game or something Mm -hmm. like that. Uh, But that is true. I think a lot more people are doing that as you get older and get more disposable income. You just like, Oh, I'll put 10 bucks in this game. Or I mean, I guess depending on the amount of disposable income, Oh, I'll put a hundred bucks on this game and just see what happens. This text says the tournament without a bracket. I've noticed just focus on the great games and the blowout games just disappear. That's a fair point. Although I'll say with the bracket, the blowout game still disappeared. I looked up and went, Oh, the team I picked one big or is winning by 20. Okay, cool. If my team's losing, oh, well, that sucks. They're losing by 20. You know what I mean? I think I think some of it is just understanding that your bracket likely won't win anything. Yeah. So there's not this giant pressure to be like, oh, my God, I need my bracket to win. It's like you're in a pool with 200 people or whatever. Hell, it could be just 10 people. The chances of you winning are so slim. Yeah, and it's just good to just really just take that pressure off. You don't have to worry about – you don't have a rooting interest against you know any team, especially teams that you don't know anything about. So – it's kind, of, it's kind of cool just to be able to watch the game, and if it's boring, okay, I can change the channel, and I'm not going to be flipping back and forth to see if my team is up or anything like that. I can, I'm can, i just going to watch The Office now. I think I'm done watching this. <laughs> it's always I'd on. much rather watch Dwight Schrute right now. It's always on. It's always on. It's always on. All the, the time. The thing that's really ruined the bracket for me is the, um, the first four games where – uh, You're like forced to pick without knowing who wins that game. Oh, well, it's it's like okay. It, technically, if you don't fill out those games in the bracket, you can still fill out a bracket. But I, you know, they they play those games earlier, so you have to fill out your bracket quicker than you did before, which gives you. Are you saying your bracket has the first four games included in it? You can. That's not. I've never done I, that. So. Yeah, it, but at the same time, I, I mean, at at I mean, technically, it's a sixty-eight game field so technically that's part of the bracket so technically if you don't do those first four games you technically didn't do the whole bracket and so there's a lot of technicalities that really take me out of this since they added the those first four games gotcha i i, I never thought about that because i never picked those in all the brackets I, I i have a stipulation where if i hand my bracket in early and it's this is just for in like our office pool where you hand it in to the guy who's running it i say if blank team wins i pick this team if the other team wins, I pick this team. I did that last year when Syracuse was in the first four. I went, if Syracuse wins, I have them beating, I forget who they played in the first round, Dayton or something. If Arizona State wins, I have Dayton winning. That's what I said. Because I didn't have them advancing much past that. I was like, just I'm handing this in before that first right. four game. So here you go. Um, that's interesting. I didn't really consider that. It does force you to pick. If you're doing it early, it's like, I pick Belmont or Temple to win this game, and it's like, mm-hmm. well, I don't know. Yeah, who <laughs> I don't know what's happening? And so, and what if you're and what if your playing team that you had going pretty far doesn't win, and all of a sudden, man? <sighs> well, that's what happened this year. I picked Belmont to go to the Sweet Sixteen, but I picked it before they played Temple, and I was like, well, if Temple wins, I guess I'm stuck with Temple going to the Sweet Sixteen. <laughs> yeah, see, it turns okay, out Belmont won, but they didn't. Win the, the I can game. watch it guilt free, and I can watch it and not be worried about which team uh, is losing or winning, and who the – man, I'm just looking to see who the stars are on the floor. This text that came in just said, uh, 
Think of Super Bowl parties where some people are not interested in the game, but they will put money down on the uh, on the score grid. They will. They will. You know, all the prop bets and stuff like that. Yeah. Absolutely. So, I mean, that, that to me is a reason why a lot of people do like to do brackets. But so the fantasy question that I was asking is I've also heard from a lot of people they're they're quitting fantasy sports. One of my fantasy baseball leagues disbanded this year because five of the 12 people were like, yeah, I'm going to take a break. Because it takes 50 years to do fantasy baseball. But it's not just fantasy baseball. It's fantasy football. Right. Okay. Well, that's fantasy football is all of 17 weeks. You know, right. and you it's know, easy. So. You can you go in once and you set it right. Set, forget. Hopefully you win. Was, you can wait, do more way more than that and you'll be more successful. But if you want to play in, in a simple way, you can just set it and forget it. And I think that's but, why and I, not to cut you off, but I think that's why people would rather play like fantasy football and everything else is kind of like uh, whatever, because you can set fantasy football for, you know, on tuesday or whatever and not think about it again until sunday i got my thursday's guys playing and unless there's some type of injury or something like that then you can just kind of set it and forget it i think with it almost becomes a job you know it almost becomes like a a second thing you have to do i have to make this trade and hope they get back to me and man i'm gonna text them now it's like hey man i just sent you the trade are you gonna respond to it is right man it it becomes it becomes extra and i think that's when people are just like man i just want to watch the game that's the that's the funny thing to me is and maybe maybe that's it. Maybe it comes strictly down to a personality thing, because to me, it's not a job. It's a hobby. I want to do it. I I want to go home, pop open my app, look at the waiver wire, see who's available, read no, news tidbits, make a matchup change in my lineup. That's why I love. Well, first of all, that's why I love baseball. But I love fantasy baseball because every day, multiple times a day, I'm, I'm scrolling through my team and checking it and making sure a guy's not resting, making sure a pitching matchup is good reading things about the sport. Maybe that's the type of fan I am. And that allows me fantasy allows me to have an outlet for that in a way that if I didn't play it, I wouldn't have the other positive for me is I learn more about the league. If that's the one good thing about fantasy is like, you start learning about players and stuff. Right. That think you about probably it. Probably wouldn't have researched. Otherwise. Think about before fantasy. And I know before fantasy also was before red zone and before all these other options to, to consume the league. But before fantasy, I watched whatever game was on TV that day, right? It could have been a crappy game, right? Where I grew up, it was probably like Jets or Giants or Bills. Great. Oh, super, super interested in watching those teams play. But that was it. That's all you watched. And then you watched NFL primetime with Chris Berman and Tom Jackson, and you saw the highlights, and you heard all the whoops and the whoops and the San Diego Superchargers, and it was great, and you loved it, right? But you didn't know anything about those other teams that you didn't watch unless it was your hometown team that was on TV. And maybe you watched Monday Night Football and you got to watch a different game here or there, but you didn't really know. And the same thing goes for baseball. You grow up and you watch the team that's local. Here you watch the Mariners. That's the only game that's really on TV every day back before fantasy started and all these new things came out. Now you have so many options to watch. You can buy MLB TV or MLB Extra Innings or NFL Sunday Ticket. You can watch Red Zone. And you have fantasy where you learn about all these players on all these teams and you're a way more informed fan. And it kind of that's why, to me, I say it, it enhances my enjoyment of the sport because I can say, oh, my God, I know who blank running back is, right? I know who – I don't know what a good example for this. I know who Nick Chubb is before Nick Chubb became a big deal for the Browns this year because I play fantasy football, right? I know who 
Julius Chassin is on the Brewers before he has a good year this year and start in, in fantasy baseball. I would never know who that was, but I do now, and I care because he's on my team or I want him on my team. I think that's cool. I, and maybe that's just because I am a fan who wants all that information and all that stimulus. No, it definitely makes people more fan. informed fans by being a part of fantasy, especially if you take a deep deep dive into it like Jesse does for football, like you do for baseball. Like, yeah, you can definitely become a more informed fan. But again, it almost becomes a second job. You know, it almost like it to, to know what, you know, Dante Moncrief, you know, average, you know, as far as yards per per catch this year and to know what somebody did last year. Like that's a lot of work and it's a lot of man hours and it's a lot of debates with people and going back and checking football, basketball or baseball reference just to make sure that you have the right information. Like it becomes like a lot of additional stuff. And so I can understand why people will just want to kind of cut the cord to that. And kind of watch to just watch the game, especially as we're pulling away from people are pulling away to, from going to games and stuff like that. I think people just want to enjoy just the game without the extra stuff around it at this point. Now, I'm still one of those people that love fantasy football, but I could totally understand how somebody could be like, yeah, I'm good. And that's what I try to explain to people is that it, you don't have to do that it, because it is it's supposed to be a thing that's for fun. So for you, it's fun to just spend five minutes setting your lineup once a week, that's cool. For me, it's fun to literally get in there, dive into Roto World multiple times a day, listen to multiple radio stations across the um, the United States, and and just really dive in and get all the information I can. I like to to build strategy of projections of how I think teams and players are going to do, and build a team based on that. You know, I I totally switched up my draft strategy and the way I. I built my team this last year because I was sick of being the Steelers and having a killer regular season and falling short in the playoffs. So last year I built a team that it was decent in the regular season, but it was built for the playoffs. And so to be able to do that and watch that and watch it grow and maturate and kind of come into something you thought it might be, that's really fun to do. Because and, you look at it as more of a hobby. It's not yes, a job. Right? Exactly. It's something that you would want to do, right? Like everyone has different hobbies, whether it's, as simple as I like to binge watch shows, that's a hobby. You're really passionate about that. You'll sit down for 10 hours on, on a weekend and watch the same show for an entire season, right? That's what you will do. That's a hobby. You like doing that. You don't view that as work, right? In some people, but again, some, some people, people some people might, you know there what I'm saying? It depends, it depends on how much in like binge watching a show. It's like, unless you're about to go and look at every single reaction to that show or if they're, you know, then it's not quite the same, you know, with fantasy football, that's a really intricate thing because there's so many different positions that you have to know about. And there's so many different things going on within the league that you have to know about. And so it, at some point, and I think for some people to be able to be on that level that Jesse is talking about and to be able to be on that level that you're talking about. Yeah. It takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of additional, like, I'm going to listen to this radio station. I'm going to look up this guy's article. And then I'm going to read these, uh, the, the, everybody from the Browns, uh, um, beat team and stuff like that. I think that would take a lot of work for people. And some people, so like I said, I love fantasy football, so I'm probably going to do some of that, but I'm not going to do. But all that's of the it. thing is, is that it, sure it's a lot of work, right? Like I don't look at his work as like 
Mike said, I, it's a hobby. I enjoy doing it. I'm passionate about it. But I also know that there are other people that play fantasy football. Just be maybe their their social group of friends play. We needed and so, we needed another right, and and so that's where it's like just spend the five minutes there because I've also seen those people win the league. Yep. And what's more frustrating for someone like me who literally pours hours and hours and hours into it every week to watch somebody who spent five minutes on their lineup win the league and how how great of a feeling does that have to feel be for that person to see this you know me blow up because they know how invested i am in it and they just they they get to to smile over there and hold the trophy over their head like ha 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 five minutes so it's 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 your approach. There's so many different aspects about it that can be fun that I think people don't really realize. All right, let's break. We got to go. Next hour, we got Hater to Love It at 1030. We want to talk about the new Damian Lillard without CJ McCollum. And I want to start with the Robert Kraft news of the day. This is Sports on the Amity. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.